This is Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. It says this. You've probably heard it. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Grab a seat. Welcome back, everyone. So glad to see you. How are you feeling? So good? Kind of feels like fall is upon us, right? It feels great. Um, so happy to be back with you today. If you don't know me, my family, uh, my name is David. I'm the lead uh, pastor here at Community Life. And so happy to be back with you. Last week, my family and I, we were uh, in the sun, soaking in the sun of the big island, Hawaii. And we had a great end of summer vacation, incredible trip, spending some seriously quality time with our children. It was so amazing to see my boy out in the ocean, jumping waves with Rebecca as River, my little four-year-old, was uh, building sandcastles on the beach. It was just so great. So thank you for praying. Two weeks ago, I said, pray for me that we can actually go, that we'll get there. And we got there, and it was an amazing time together as a family. So thank you. Um, it was really nice to get away, but I want you to know last Sunday, I still tuned in to worship here through our live stream and I watched Pastor Jeff's message and it was so encouraging, wasn't it? So thank you, Pastor Jeff. If you missed it, make sure you go back and check out our podcast. We post them every single week. We have the video from today's service as well as audio through iTunes and podcasts. And so make sure you catch up if you missed it. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Oh, yeah. We do have a special anniversary in the house. Are, is Karen and Ryan Frost in the house? Or no? It is their anniversary. And so if you see them, when you pick up your kids, make sure you wish them a happy anniversary. What else? Is there anything else good? No? God is good all the time. God is good. There we go. All right. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Got a lot to talk about today. For the past 10 weeks, we have been in a series called Church People, talking about what it means to be the church. And we've got three more weeks. We're just about done. Some of you have been asking, hey, how long are we going to talk about this? We've got three more weeks, so stick with me. But in this series, we went like real deep into some of the distinctives that God has given for his people for how they should live in response to his glory and his goodness. That we would be a people of love. That was week one. Love, because he, God, is love. And we are his people. That we would be a people of obedience in response to his faithfulness. A people of good news, saved to go and share the good news we receive for all that need it. A people of fellowship, committed to one another. A people of truth, that don't get wrapped up in empty philosophies of the world, but double down on the truth we find in scripture. A people of gratitude in a world of entitlement. A people of rest in a world of endless hustle. A people of mission committed to the good work of God. And finally, last week, that we'd be a people of invitation. This is his message, Jeff's. That we'd live with open eyes to all the people that God puts in our way, that God puts in our path. This is what it means to be the church and where we've been for the past 10 weeks talking about values. Values lived out that are intended to make us unique in the world that are intended to make us stand out as they reflect the God who saves us. And what I mean by that is that when the world sees us, 
Christians living out these values which are so counterculture to what's happening in the world, when the world sees us living different, responding to situations with patience and kindness, welcoming strangers with love and compassion, sacrificing preferences and positions so others might get ahead, loving beyond reciprocity and giving thanks in all circumstances, when the world sees us living this way, being real-life church people, the scripture says that they catch a glimpse of who God really is. They catch a glimpse of the glory of God in our lives. And that's, friends, that's the whole point. It's not about us being good. It's not about us being disciplined. It's not about us standing out for our own sake. No, it's so we might reflect the glory of God in our everyday lives. That we might show the world what God is like in all things to all people. And that's what this whole series has been about, church people. As we looked into what God is like, so we might show and tell the world what God is like. So all that said, as we begin our final descent into the end of church people with only three more weeks, if you're taking notes, I'd like to focus our attention today on what's probably my favorite value we'll cover, and that is the priority God places on vision that we would be a people of vision with optimistic eyes fixed on what's possible because of Jesus in a world of pessimistic limitations. That we'd be a people of vision. And when I say vision, let me quickly define terms because it has, it has gone, this word has kind of come to mean a variety of things. And so hear me when I say vision is not fortune telling. Vision is not predicting the future or claiming a blessing. Vision is not a self-fulfilling prophecy or, or a crazy dream you have after eating bad Mexican food, okay? Like, vision is simply seeing possibilities in the midst of your reality. It's seeing what could be. It's seeing what's possible in the midst of your everyday Life And listen, I, I want to park on this value today. Three, only three left. I want to park here today because the truth is we are all visionaries. Now, some of you might be saying, Pastor, I don't, I don't know. It's a, little, it's a little out there for me to be a visionary. But, but it's true. We all have a vision for what could be when we look around. We all have a vision for what could be, for what's possible in our families in our jobs, in our relationships, in our city, in our neighborhoods, and even in our church. We have a vision. But this vision is often informed and limited by competing sources and authorities. Sources like our bank accounts. Anybody else believe your checkbook has some authority over what's possible? Right? Or maybe your influence, maybe your reputation, Maybe your tenure, maybe, maybe, maybe your vision is informed by your physical health. Yesterday, I was uh, I was helping officiate this uh, memorial service for Lee Sealander, and and I think it was so obvious that physical health creates very real limitations in our lives. So maybe your vision is is informed by a diagnosis, or what's pragmatic, or what's realistic, or what's responsible what's religious, maybe even what's narcissistic. We all have 
vision. I remember when I was 22, 23 maybe, I was so poor. Has anyone ever been poor? If you've been poor, say amen. So poor. Um, and I was living in this house with some roommates. I want to just paint a picture here. I had three roommates. The entire house that we were renting cost $400 a month. And we couldn't pay our bills. We were so poor. And that was self-induced, just to be real. But there was a moment where our utilities got cut to the house. And here's the scene. I get home from class. I was at university. Got home from class. Ran to the refrigerator to grab a Mountain Dew because at that point I loved Mountain Dew. It was so, it was so, anyway. So there was no light on in the refrigerator. And I was like, that's weird. But I kind of looked past it, right? Close the refrigerator because it was still cold because the seal had stuck. You know what I'm saying, right? Walk over to the TV to turn on something, play some Xbox or something weird and, and nothing. So I walk around the house. I flip the light switches, nothing. And then a sense of dread look over and see all of the red envelopes from the utility company sitting on the floor, right? And in that moment, the only possibility I saw within my reality was more poverty. I had no idea for how to move on from the season. And honestly, like I said, it felt overwhelming. I had no hope for what could be. All I could see was more of the same. And this was my vision. I had vision but it was informed by my surroundings. Now, I just wonder if anyone else has ever been in a situation or season where options seem limited. Maybe some of you are there even now. Maybe you're watching from home, live stream, thanks for joining in, trying to figure out what next, what's next. Or maybe you're here in this room and in the house of the Lord doing everything you can to see through the fog of this cultural moment with no clear end in sight. I get it. I get it. We're all looking somewhere. We all have vision for something, like it or not. But what I need you to understand, and if you're taking notes, write this down. What I need you to understand is what you see and what you're capable of seeing today is ultimately determined by where you place your trust. For your source and your authority. One more time. What you see today for tomorrow is ultimately determined by what you place your trust in today for tomorrow. It's your authority. It's your source. And this is why it's so important for us to focus our eyes, guys, to focus on our vision as church people, because if our whole reason for living once we're saved, if our whole reason for living is to reflect what God is like to the world, his love, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his invitation, his mission, if our whole reason is, is, is to reflect God's goodness, if that's why we're here, then it's essential for us to begin to see the world like he does. It's essential for us to see the world like he does in a world of ceilings and limitations and circumstances and all these competing sources for authority and truth. If we're to be the, the church that God dreams us to be and has spoken over us, then we must come to a fuller understanding of what's actually possible in Jesus' name. We must come to a better understanding of what's possible in the power of God. This is what we heard just a moment ago, Proverbs chapter 3. When we trust in the Lord with all our heart and seek his will in all we do, believing that he will show us the path to take.
But what does that look like? How can we begin to see the world clearly on God's behalf as a people of vision? Well, there's a story, one of my favorites, that really highlights the value of vision. And, uh, and so if you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Acts chapter 3. It'll also be on the screen. Use your phone. No one's going to judge you for getting your phone out to read the Bible. But uh, Acts chapter 3, Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament. It's the sequel to the story of Jesus in the Gospels. that kind of lays the foundation for the origin of the church or the acts of the church, the apostles. And I love the book of Acts because, again, it is our origin story. It's our origin story, a story that has been for more than 2,000 years filled with wonder and inspiration, but also some really sobering reminders of what it means to be a church. But this is where we find ourselves today in Acts chapter 3. And again, if you're kind of new to the story, Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus meet his disciples, then like teleport up to heaven, sending his people out on the mission to go and seek and save the lost. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, and all God's people are filled with the, the Holy Spirit, the power of God to go and do the good work of God. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. We see people get saved. We see people get healed. Thousands are coming to join the church every single day it says at the end of Acts chapter 2 an unbelievable moment when the church was born totally supernatural miracles absolutely incredible and this is their expectation this was their expectation what we saw in Acts 2 became their expectation for life it became the reality that they occupied in the midst of the surrounding areas God was moving his glory revealed and it shaped their vision it shaped the possibilities for what they saw within their reality. And this is it, Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It's just a simple story to follow along on the screen or in your Bibles. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate. So he could beg the people going into the temple. When he, the man, saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Makes sense. Pause. Makes sense. He sees Peter and John. They're walking into church. And he's thinking it's possible that they might have some money for him. Some spare change. Right? And so it's possible they might even give it to him. It's possible that he might have a sandwich that night. Maybe some new clothes, a new mat to beg from the next day. And this was the extent of his reality. This was the extent of his vision for what's possible in this moment. All because Peter and John were entering this temple. This is the scenario we see. And so he asks this man. And verse 4 picks up. It says, Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Then walking leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. So what did we just hear? There was a man. 
Got it. Born with all sorts of circumstantial limitations. Born with all sorts of ceilings placed on him from the world. And he's at the temple looking for handouts. He's looking at the, at the temple. Peter and John, they walk by. And with his vision for the best possible outcome, the man, he looks away. If you remember, Peter and, and John say, look at me. The man, he, he looks away and he asks for a handout. This is his best possible vision for what's, what, what could be. He looks away and asks for some money. Peter and John, filled with the unlimited power of God, saw this moment and this man, and they saw him with a different frame of reference. They saw him not through the lens of his limitations or what the world was placing over him. They saw him not from the lens of what was realistic or practical or, or, or even religious. No, they saw him through the lens of what was possible if God showed up. What was possible? The same God who, who raised Christ from the dead when there was no hope. The same God who parted the sea when enemies approached. The same God who sent food from heaven as Israel made their way through the wild. The same God who, like we just saying, holds the universe in the palm of his hand with absolute authority over all creation. This God, who, whose Holy Spirit now occupied their heart, gave them vision to see the situation with fresh eyes. Not just to see it with compassion or mercy or even love, but to see this moment with unlimited possibility. To give the man not what he asked for, what he deserved, but to give him what God wanted most for him. Which was, by the way, not just some spare change and not just some random physical healing. No, God's dream for this man was life change, not spare change and eternal security. God's dream for this man is that it, he would come to know him. And, and so God made the introduction through this incredible, miraculous healing from Peter and John. And this knowing, this introduction more than anything was the true miracle in this moment. That God showed up and moved defying all expectations, going so far beyond what seemed possible. Why? Also a crippled man that the world neglects. Also a man that the world has cast aside might come to know and believe and be saved. This was the true miracle in the moment. And if that's not good enough, if that's not enough, this moment set off a chain reaction that no one could have seen coming, starting in verse 8. Check this out. So he, the man, jumped up, stood on his feet. Again, we know this. He began to walk. Then he's walking, leaping, and praising God. He went into the temple with them. Verse 9, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And what happens next into chapter 4? It says that Peter, recognizing his opportunity, recognizing what's possible, he addresses the crowd. And many who saw the healing, it says in verse four, in chapter 4, many who saw the healing and heard the message about the power of God, the healing work of Christ, it says that they believed and they were saved. And all of this happened. All of this happened because Peter and John had vision. 
to see beyond the practical limitations of the world into what was actually possible if God showed up. And God did show up. And God continued to show up all throughout the book of Acts. All throughout the life of the early church and for the past 2,000 years, God has always been working. God has always been moving and is still exceeding expectations for those focused enough to see what's possible. Hmm. And again, this is why it's so important that we are a people of vision, a people who choose to see the world like God does, because it's there in the possibilities. It's in the possibilities that God's mission is accomplished and his good news goes forth. It's in the possibilities, which I, I know you know. I know you know that. We talk about it all the time. We sing songs about it. We just did, right? Show me one thing he can't do. Show me a mountain he can't move. He's the God of the breakthrough and everything is possible. We just sang it, right? We know it's true. We know what God can do. We know God can do whatever God wants. We know. At least up here. We believe that God did it before. And we believe that he can do it again. But do you actually believe God will? Amen, we do. Because this is the reality we occupy as Christians. This is the reality that we occupy as followers of Jesus. If you're a Christian filled with the saving power of God, then God wants to use the miracle he did in you as the foundation for the miracles he wants to do around you. God wants to use your life and what makes you unique in the world, set apart as church people, your love, your gratitude, your obedience, your rest, your fellowship, your truth, your mission, your good news, your invitation. God wants to use this to inspire a whole new generation of faith in Jesus' name. There is no limit to your witness or ceiling to your influence. I need you to know that anything and everything is possible. It's not promised, but anything is possible for those filled with the power of God. It doesn't matter what you know or what you don't know. It doesn't matter where you've been or how you've sinned. When God sees you, all he sees is what he can do through you. When God sees you, all he sees is what he can do through you, and all he sees is possibility. But for that to happen, for that to happen, we as his people, we need to choose to see the world and everything in it, including us. We need to choose to see the world through his eyes as a people of his vision. So bringing it back around, okay, God wants us to be a people of vision, got it, who see the world and what's possible through God's eyes, perfect, with unlimited potential and opportunity, cool. So how does that work? How, how can, with all the competing visions and sources for authority, how can we, like Peter and John, learn to look beyond the practical limitations of the world and beneath the surface of a situation to see what God actually wants to do? in a people, in a place. How can we be a church people 
filled with the vision of God. Well, without oversimplifying, it really comes down to two things, and they're both found in our opening scripture. One that we've recited over and over again from Proverbs 3. If you want to be a people of vision, verse 5, and I hope it's going to be on the screen again. We need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Two things, like it's on the screen. We need to trust and we need to seek. We need to trust and we need to seek. Starting with trust, like I said earlier, what you see, your vision, and what you're capable of seeing is ultimately determined by what, where you place your trust your source and your authority for life. If you trust your bank account the most, again, it will determine what's possible with your money. If you trust science the most, it will determine what's possible with the systems that govern creation. If you trust your feelings and your emotions the most, you know we do, it will determine what's possible in your relationships. Trust determines the scope of your vision. Trust determines the scope of your vision and brings focus to what you can see. Which is why as church people, it is of a paramount importance that you first, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. We need to trust that the God who, who formed mountains and poured oceans with absolute authority, that he means it when he says he loves you and that you're born for great things. We need to trust that the God who willingly came to earth to die a sacrificial death on the cross, that this God understands what it means to feel pain and have to make impossible decisions. We need to trust that the God that reigns supreme outside of time is good in time and has a pretty good grasp on what the future holds. Even when our eyes can't see to the other side, we need to trust that the God who now occupies our hearts and souls is alive and well and only leads to peace. One more, we need to trust. We need to trust that the definitions of reality and possibility, we need to trust reality to the only one capable of speaking the universe into being. And yet, still calls us friend. We need to trust God with all our heart. But how do, how does, how do we trust God more? A couple things that work for me. This is hard. Super hard. So how does it, how's it work? Two things for me. First, open your Bible. Open your Bible app. Bible app actually has a text-to-talk option, and so you can actually just press play, and it will read you the Bible if you have a hard time reading. Open your Bibles to see that God has always only been trustworthy. If you want to trust God, see how he has been trustworthy before. Even in the midst of all the crazy, God has never failed his people. God has always been faithful to finish what he started. So dig into the promises of God in the scriptures. If you don't know where to start, if you need a place, I recommend the book of John. It's a great place to start. It's a story of Jesus. Just past halfway in the Bible, start in John 1. Also read the Psalms. Right down the middle of the Bible, open it up, you'll find it. The Psalms, both are incredible resources for you to see the goodness and faithfulness of God. Open up your Bible. Open up your Bible 
and see the promises of God. That's for a second. Look back in your own life. Look back in your own life for how God made all things work together for good. Think about that time you saw absolutely no hope. Utilities cut with a Mountain Dew in your hand. Think about that time that you saw no hope, that there's no way things could work out, and yet here you are still breathing. God has an incredible way of making sense of the mess we so often work through. God has an incredible way of making sense of the mess we so often make. So think back on all the times that God met you, even if you didn't see it at the time when he brought you peace. Friends, God will be faithful to finish what he started in you. God will make all things work together for good, this side or the other side of heaven. And that's a promise he's bound to keep. So open your Bibles and look back on your own story. Because if you want to be a people of vision, defined by God, then we need to trust him. And we can't trust him if we don't know him. We need to trust that he's in control and has absolute authority. That comes first. Second, Proverbs says, we need to seek. We need to seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom or your own vision. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. And listen, if trust focuses your vision, to seek is to live in reply. Trust establishes what you believe to be true and who determines truth. Seeking his will in all you do is your day-to-day -day engagement in response to the truth that you believe. So back to Acts 3, Peter and John, here we got them. They trusted, they trusted the Lord with all their heart. And they trusted that God was real and loved them. And they trusted that God held all of creation into control and they, and they trusted in the Lord. But in this moment, they were also seeking his will in all they did. They trusted, but they were seeking. I mean, y'all, they were headed to a prayer meeting. They were headed to a prayer meeting to hear from God so they could be even more aware and willing to be interrupted by God. They were committed to wherever God was leading because they knew God would ultimately take care of the rest. And he did. And he does. God opened their eyes to see a man the way God saw this man, healed, saved, and a part of the family. God gave them vision to see beyond the limitations, beyond human realities literally laying before him. If we're to be a people of, and I say this, <laughs> I say this um, with all like the, the, the history of orthodoxy behind me, if we're to be a people of supernatural, anything is possible vision, then we must choose to seek his will in all we do. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he will, he will show us which path to take. He will open our eyes and lead us through open doors. It reminds me of of something that my family and I, we went through about two, I don't know, the past couple of years, because if you didn't know, it was actually two years ago this coming Wednesday. <clears throat> this coming Wednesday, two years ago, August 25, that Rebecca and I first stepped foot in La Crescenta. 
two years. At the time, we were pastoring a church in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, um, that, that we cared deeply about and, and cared deeply about all that God was doing through this community that we had planted seven years before. And it was a sweet time. We had new believers, folks getting sober and entering recovery. We had miracles and baptisms and growth deep and wide. And we looked like it was our first baby. Went out of nowhere. <clears throat> Went out of nowhere. I was contacted by someone within our family of churches called Converge about um, an opening at this cool old church. <laughs> cool old church called Community Life in La Crescenta, California. And I was like, absolutely not. <clears throat> I saw no possibility in that reality. And so I just kept it to myself. I didn't even talk to Becca about it because I, I had no interest in relocating my family to Southern California. Then I was contacted again. I said no. And then I was contacted again before I finally mentioned it to Rebecca. And when I did, I remember sitting and talking to her and she said that she had this, seriously, she's like, she told me about a vision she had. I was saying no. And she had this dream about Los Angeles. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, yeah, I just had this burden for that community. So I was like, all right. Uh, so I went and talked to my boss. And at the time, guess what he told me? Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Don't lean on your own understanding, David. He said, it seems like God is opening some doors. So seek his will. Seek his will and he'll show you with path to take. Can you believe that? <clears throat> so we did. We sought God's will for our family, for our ministry, and for this church. We came out to visit. Two years ago, Wednesday, we sat down with Tyla. Tyla, you're the best. We saw this beautiful place. We learned some history, the good, the bad, the ugly. And we were committed to what was next because we believed the best was yet to come. And you know what happened? God gave us, after that first trip, God gave us, but mostly me. God gave me a desire and a vision for what could be here. God opened my eyes to see the steps we should take as he connected dots only he could. It didn't make any sense. I never thought it would be possible here. I never once saw it as a reality, but here we are, trusting God is good, seeking his will as he directs our steps. And what happened? Following our arrival, the whole world shuts down. <laughs> what? The whole world shuts down, a global pandemic hits, and, and we're forced to shift to move everything online, which for many churches across the country and around the world was totally impossible. But I tell you what, God, having directed our steps here, had already directed my steps in my 20s when I was drinking Mountain Dew on the couch. As I learned how to do graphic design and videography, and so when many churches were struggling, we were already here to go because God had already directed my steps. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. Still getting there. Now what happened next? The past two years has been wild. But what we've seen, we've seen a dozen baptisms. We've seen new members, new families, new faces, as God continues to do his good work as we seek his will. But all this happened, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm gonna tell you when to clap, okay? But, but all this happened 
We are where we are because the search team in place saw beyond what was practical and brought a bunch of no-name, late 30s, renegade church planters out to see what God was doing here in California. And it all happened because Becca had a vision to see what might be in LA. And it all happened because we all committed to trust and seek God's will for what was next. Not for what was safest, not for what made the most sense, not for what was most reasonable or responsible, but, but for what was possible if God showed up. And God showed up. Now you can clap. God showed up. God showed up, and that is the story up until this very moment. And so the question is, now what? You tell me, as a people of vision, what might God do next as he makes all things work together for good? What possibilities is God working to bring in our realities, in our city, in our neighborhoods, in our jobs, our families, and in our church? as we trust the Lord with all our heart and as we seek his will in all we do. What will God do next? Can you see it? Can you see beyond the fog of COVID-19 and all the variants? Can you see beyond the shock? As Pastor Jeff was saying earlier, the shock of what was happening in Haiti and Afghanistan right now and all around the world to have vision for how God might use us to bring peace to those moments? Can you see beyond the disappointments of the past couple years, of the changes you never saw coming, into the possibilities of how God might use it to make himself known? Because I want to see. I want to see, and I want you to as well, and that's why you're here. And I know you want to see. That's why you made it a priority to show up for church on such a beautiful day. I want to see. And I want us to see what could be if God showed up. So let us be a people of hopeful, optimistic vision, not focused on what's reasonable, but what's possible as carriers of the presence of God. Let us be a church that trusts in the Lord with all our hearts, not relying on our own eyes for understanding, but his greater focus for the future. And God's people said, amen. One more, let us be a family. Let us be a family together that seeks his will in all we do, believing he will show us which path to take, which always leads to peace. Amen. Then Proverbs 3. This is such a cool connection. Proverbs 3, just like the beggar in Acts 3, we will find healing for our body and strength for our bones as we trust in the Lord with all our heart and seek his will in all we do. Proverbs 3, just like the man, we will find healing for our body and strength for our bones. Well, as we close, the band is going to come out, lead us. Thank you, team, for leading us. Beautiful morning. Wow. Taylor, where's Taylor? Wow, thank you for leading How Great Thou Art. Wasn't that incredible? Beautiful.
But as we close, let me just say one more time for good measure, just in case it escaped you, um, God wants you to see the world like he does. God wants you to have vision for what's possible in and around you because of the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in your heart. He wants you to see what's possible as we trust him with our whole heart and seek his will in all we do. And I know I've said that a lot over the past 15, 18 months, but God wants to, you to see what's possible for this reason. God wants you to see what's possible so he can use you for the impossible. God wants you to see what he could do so he can use you in what he will do. So as a people of vision, what might God do next as he makes all things work together for good in your life? This is the question I want to leave with you today. As you trust and as you seek, what is God leading you to believe is possible in your life? And I just want you to think about that for a moment. What could be? Because we've seen what God did. But what could be if God showed up? There's a little, a little card on your chair. It's made of cardstock. Cut from one sheet and made four. It was very efficient, okay? Miss Tyla did that for me uh, yesterday. But I'm hoping that we can practice a little vision today with this card. So everyone find one if you could. And we're gonna be taking communion and closing in worship in just a moment, but I'd like for you to remember God's faithfulness. I want you to remember God's goodness and power, then look to your life. Look to the places you go and the people you see, the situations you experience, and ask yourself right now, ask yourself, what is God leading me to believe is possible here? And again, we're not speaking the future here. We're not naming and claiming any blessing. We're not forcing God to do anything, uh, to do anything that we want. No, we're, all we're doing is choosing to see possibilities within our realities if God chooses to move. Instead of seeing, for example, a friend bound by their past decisions, we see someone living in Christ. What might God do? Instead of idolizing what God did in a previous season, we believe that God is still working and moving in greater measure. What is God going to do next? Instead of failing, falling into a fatalist view for a relationship with one of your kids, you see that God is capable of healing every broken heart and restoring every family. So what is God leading you to believe is possible in your life, in your church, in your families, in your jobs, in your bank accounts even, in your bodies. Think about it. What is possible if God moved? And I just want to encourage you to write it down because I know for me, when I drop this off, for me, God has really been leading me to a greater vision for this church. He has in the midst of all that's happened over the past two years, my vision has gotten a bit reactionary. It's gotten a little realistic and pragmatic, and, and it makes sense, right? I've been, I've been seeking his will, absolutely, but I've also been watching the news and reading the L.A. County Health Department reports, and I've also been listening to feelings and opinions from church members. And I just know that if we're, if we're to be the church that God needs us to be to reach this community, then we need to refocus our vision on the authority and the power of God and the possibilities he has for us. 
And so for me this morning, I believe God is leading me to remember that renewal is possible in this community and that revival is possible in our city. That even as we face all sorts of obstacles from COVID to legacy to politics to preferences, I believe God is calling me to remember renewal and revival are possible because God is real. God is good. He loves us. He leads to peace and he holds all things together. Renewal in our church, revival in our city. That's me. So what is God leading you to believe is possible today? Take a minute. I would love to know. Write it down. There's a pen around you. If you don't know, take it home, put it in your car, put it on your mirror. I want you to be thinking about this. But if you know, write it down. And when you come forward to receive communion, I just want to encourage you to drop it right in the middle. Bring it before the Lord today. Bring it before the Lord for communion and response to God's faithfulness, his sacrifice, his love and vision for us will be coming forward to receive the bread, which represents his body broken for our sins and the blood, his, the, the cup, which represents his blood poured out. And practically for communion, you can come down the side aisles, you make your way in, you make your way back the center aisle. The band will be leading us, so no rush. Come forward when you're ready. I love you. I truly believe that your best is yet to come, that our best is yet to come. Without a doubt, but we must first be a people of vision if we're ever to see his best come to fruition. So let us live with open eyes. Let us be a people of vision. Amen. Amen. So take some time. The band is going to lead us. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Then come on down when you feel ready to receive communion. Take the bread. Jeff, is that what we're doing? Oh, you're going to come forward. Jeff will serve you. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful that you love us and you believe in us. God, that you want us to see the world like you do. God, help us get out of our own way. God, strip back the insecurities, strip back the blind spots, strip back the preferences and all the things that distract us, God, so we might be able to see the people and places in front of us with your eyes, God, that we would have vision for what's possible if you chose to move in power. God, we believe that you are of absolute power and authority, God, and that you have done some incredible things, but God, we ask now that you would give us vision to to see and remember that you will do it again. And you want to do it again, but you wanted to do it through us. So God, open our eyes to see, refocus our eyes on your vision, on what's truly possible in your name. Jesus, we love you, we thank you, It's in your name that we pray. And we all said, amen. You can come forward to receive as soon as you're ready.